ابتدایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی Welcome back to the episode of Golbazan. And I'm really, really th- thrilled to be back with another episode. We haven't been on the podcast for a long time, guys. And um, yeah, so how are you both doing? Sina, how's it going, my friend? Uh, good to be back on the podcast. It's been a long time um, since that episode we did, uh, analyzing the Iran against USA game in the World Cup. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to to the you know the aftermath. Nice to be back. Long time ago, especially in a video call. Whoever's just uh, seeing this, here I am. <laughs> Pejman's beautiful face. Um, I, unfortunately, we have to start the episode with some sad news. Um, at, with the with the earthquake in Turkey, it actually there was three uh, Iranian casualties from the amputee football national team: Medi Saidavi, Mahmad Reza, Mir Ahmadi, and uh hamad sorry and hamed matrudi and we want to send our deepest condolences to their loved ones and the entire amputee football national team and the community um it feels like the news in iran just gets worse and worse in a couple and yeah this is another one of those sad occurrences so yeah our, our thoughts are definitely with them from everyone at, at golbazan um so yeah it very very sad very very sad yeah yeah it was a very unfortunate um just upsetting situation uh you know these national team players who are already in a um you know in a place where you know they have to to fight uh quite difficult it's a difficult sport to get into amputee football it's not an easy sport to get into i've tried it myself you know having I mean, being involved in coaching you want to you know we, we try all aspects and it, you try going and playing with with, uh, with crutches it's not an easy sport to play on but then you know having to go to a country to, to compete and then the chances of them then being in an earthquake on that day um it's just it's so unfortunate um and um you know it was a really upsetting moment to, to see that uh, i'm sure for the the whole of the amputee football community in iran and um yeah hopefully things going forward um this never happens again i also want to highlight quickly for people listening uh samson did an episode with shima um i oli yahid um from uh, and she did a, did a series called pink card which was like a four-part series on the struggles that Iranian women face getting into the world of football. And it was a very, very good interview that Samson did. So I highly recommend that you guys check it out. Um, we haven't done an episode for a long time. That was one that I wanted to highlight. I've, I personally haven't been on the podcast for a long time. I think I was on the podcast was actually before the World Cup. So a lot's happened both in terms of football and in terms of like our country. So 
yeah, just keen to dig into all of that, all of that stuff going going into this episode. And then the first thing, I guess, the the biggest elephant in the room is that Carlos Quiroz has has left the national team. Uh, he's gone to the Qatari national team. Um, so, what do you guys kind of make of that? Like, why did he leave? Well, I mean, look, I think for him it was uh, it's, it's a few things. You know, look at the the performance we had in the World Cup. I I think for him personally, it would have been um, his objective to to do um an improvement over the 2018 performance which definitely didn't do you know you look at the the results that we had um against england against the us um we just didn't perform well uh to the to the level that would you wanted to do so when we were in qualification i thought we had uh a team that maybe could have done something a little bit better than we did in 2018 even though 2018 we played well but you know we, we were hoping for an improvement it didn't happen. Of course, there were so many things uh, outside of the pitch that that affected it. Um, no doubt about it. It's not the same situation as twenty eighteen. Much, much, you know, mo- much many, many more things happened that can influence uh, the game. Uh, and I think uh, this, but despite that, I think Kairos wanted his team to to do better, and he didn't do. And I think that that probably plays into it, into it, and come onto that later on. But also. Um, I think I just think for him, you know, Qatar or, or a or a country that's going to give you a financial uh, benefit in your career, and if you can take it, then you've done well for yourself. So, as bad as bad as it sounds, I don't actually blame him too much for leaving. There's there's a lot of stuff going on with Iran in terms of like obviously in the football world as well as the the political world. We won't go into it too much, but there was a lot of obviously like lecture on Carlos Querish, and yeah. he didn't deliver, as you said. In terms of a lot of different things, I think I, I actually think he didn't deal with it right. He didn't deal with the whole. No, thing. I I actually agree with well, you there as think, well. I think I don't think, and I'm patient. You can give your point on this as well, and you can maybe disagree if you if you don't feel like it's it's true. But I don't think he was happy how he dealt with it. You know, I I don't think first of all he expected it to be so difficult this time. I think he was obviously aware, but it you know with you know obviously. With the killing of Massa, I mean, he literally happened like a few weeks into his tenure, the third tenure or second tenure of national team. He wasn't expecting it to be that overwhelmingly difficult, and I don't think he dealt with it well enough. And I think with the the being an experienced coach, it's quite a, a, a tough on the ego of a coach to come into that and not deal with it, not have the same control that he wanted. Um, and I, I think that maybe was a, maybe a bit tough on his ego. I'm not saying he's got a big ego, but I think it is natural. I'm not saying, you know, he's big-headed or anything. I'm not trying to criticise him. It's just difficult for anybody who's had that much experience to come in and not be able to control the, the situation. What yeah, do you think, well, um, You know, answering your question about what I think about him going to Qatar, I think, as you mentioned, it's a good step for him. Uh, because he's he's getting kind of old. I don't know how many more big tournaments he he's he have in him to 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 deliver. So going to Qatar uh, financially a good move in terms of support from the federation, uh, in terms of great facilities. He will have all of that. What he will lack, I guess, is uh, m- maybe the kind of you know 
passion, if you want to say, uh, that the Iranians have. I'm not saying the Qataris have less passion about football. I'm saying that Iran being maybe uh, in the, the kind of country that it is with all its difficulties, Qatar don't have those. So it, it's not a struggle for the Qataris to be football players or to be regular humans, you know. Uh, but in Iran, that's an issue. And that's maybe he was so good at, you know, getting a, a group. Now he can, I guess, focus more on not being this, uh, like a shield, uh, protecting the Iranian players and Iranian football at all costs. He can focus on developing these young, good players that the Qataris actually do have. Although yeah. they didn't show it in the World Cup, but we all know that they have a decent squad. So, and also being having the benefit of being the host country for the Asian Cup next year, he, he put himself in a good position. And, you know, they're, they're Asian champions. Let's not forget, they won the Asian Cup, you know. So he's coming into a team that's already had success. Uh, Iran haven't had success for many years. I think it was 1976 when he last won the Asian Cup. So he, And he couldn't get success with that national team of Iran. So he's coming to a team who's had recent success. Um, and as you mentioned, Pejman, he's coming towards the end of his career, potentially. So I think he wants to be in a position where, yeah, he's making good money, but also he can at least just focus on the, the football. Because um, in Iran, it's not that way. You know, anyone who comes in, even for Skocic, it, it was, even for, I think Skocic is, you know, especially wanted to do that as well, wanted to focus on the football, but it was almost impossible uh, to focus just on the game. Um, so uh, whoever replaces him, which we'll come on to, will have to try and do that. <laughs> we'll have to try and, you know, uh, get that part of the game uh, on the, you know, the forefront. Well, let, let's move on to that now because, yeah, it's it's a it's a very open situation that Carlos Quares has left us in, obviously going to Qatar. And as you said, Pejman, the Asian Games are coming up next year and so less than a year since until kickoff, right? Like it's in January. So... Yeah, this doesn't leave much time in terms of next steps in the team. And so who are the candidates set to replace him? We'll go we'll go towards that now. A little update here. Uh, obviously, you might have heard the news that Jawad Nikonam has resigned from his role as head coach of Fulad. They played that AFC Champions League game, which they won. They're through the quarterfinals. And um, Jawad Nikonam will not be the head coach of Fulad for that. Um, his assistant coach will be the manager in that game. However, uh, this may now open the path for Jawad Nikonam to become the head coach of Iran uh, more than before. So, obviously, we recorded this ep- episode before that match. Now that he's resigned, which is a bit of a shock, um, we uh, think he could, but we are not certain that he is a candidate. So, just uh, bear in mind for the rest of the podcast that he now may be more of a candidate than he was before. Thank you. We'll go on to the, the other candidates. Uh, Jose Moraes, who's the Zepahan coach. Uh, Paco Jimenez, the current tractor coach. Amir Galanui, uh, the current Gol- uh, Gohar coach. So out, out of those candidates, which are the, which one is the obvious choice for you guys? Um, well, you can also add Gol Mohammadi as well from Persponis potentially. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he's least likely. I think the more likely one... Um, I think Garen Noe probably has the better chance of getting it just because um, I just feel like the, the federation is heading towards potentially getting a short-term 
uh, option. Um, and I, I don't think they can really, at this point in time, afford uh, a foreign coach unless, as you mentioned, it's one of these um, domestic-based ones. Um, Morais being a, a very experienced coach, I've obviously had an having uh, experienced coaching of Jose Mourinho uh, with Chelsea. Uh, he's, you know, done, you know, he's got a lot of experience, done well for Stepan as well this season. He's, you know, top of the league. Um, but I don't know if he's a guy who can coach a national team. Um, maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, Paco Jim is, you know, he, again, he's coming into Tiraktor. He's done all right. Uh, I just don't know if he's ready for the national team. So, uh, I think Galinoy probably is the more likely. Is is that who I want to coach the national team? Um, probably not. Uh, he's done it before and wasn't particularly successful. Um, and he's not really doing that well for Claude Gohard this season either. To be honest with you, so no, I mean, um, Jawad Dekunam, I think was a was the was the candidate that Kairos actually wanted to be the head coach of the national I mean, obviously he was trying to make him his assistant for quite a long time. It didn't happen. But I think that's who he wanted to be his replacement when he does, when he did leave. Uh, but I think Jawad's kind of ruled himself out for now. So um, I don't know. Pejman, what do you think? Yeah, Pejman, actually an extension to Arya's question. I, I And he just he just said the, the obvious choice from his point of view. I thought Jawad Nekonam obviously made sense, but more from the standpoint that I feel like right now, an Iranian coach makes a lot of sense in terms of everything the country's going. Carlos Querish, I think the a, a big reason why he, perhaps he he handled the situation poorly is because he might not have understood the situation to to its fullest extent. That's why I thought Javad Nekonam and other Iranian coaches might be the the better choice. So I'm just throwing that one out there in terms of like for, for you to answer that question. Uh, I do agree with you that we need somebody that. Uh, in a short time can understand the Iranian football and having someone from outside of Iran, even in the Middle East, uh, he wouldn't have time to adapt and understand the Iranian football culture. And it's sad to say because uh, being a football coach in Iran or a national team, it means you have so much more responsibilities than just coaching the, and uh, taking out the best squad and the best players. Hence, uh, uh, having a coach, a domestic coach, uh, if it's Iranian or a foreign that is in Iran, like the guys you mentioned, that's probably the only options we have. And from that list, you said, uh, Alenoui is probably the best choice, in my opinion. And let me tell you why. Because, uh, uh, I mean, we were talking about Gol Gohar. It's a team that, to be honest, nobody even knows. Uh, they've done quite good in the league. They had a couple of setbacks in the last couple of weeks, but they're not a team that people talk about uh, fighting for championship or gold or anything. Still, uh, he's always had a great record in Iran. So he knows Iranian football, or the Iranian league, very well. Uh, the issue might be that... Uh, Iran's national team squad today is no longer the Iranian league. It's not so Iranian league based anymore. Our best players are all playing in Europe or some in, in uh, Qatar. So uh, that will be maybe uh, uh, his biggest struggle, yeah. having this, this squad, of, squad of players that are Iranian, but you know European footballers. Uh, and adapt them to the Iranian way. 
think, I don't believe a guy like Jose Moraes can do anything in, uh, for the national team. Do you think Pejman then, do you think the Iranian national team players, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, most of them playing abroad, do you think that they, can, that they would accept an Iranian coach coming in? Like, do you think that that would be something that they would, with open arms, accept with the, you know, with the years of now being with Kairos and Skocic, uh, Mark Wilmot, you know, but you know they shouldn't they... have a saying in it. They shouldn't have. No, a saying you're in right, it. but they they do, don't they? They shouldn't, but they do. You know, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, they, 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 we we saw how much power they had. They pretty much got Scotchy sacked. You know, so it, it's not like it's not like that simple to, to say that. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. You know, th- that's a good question. You know, and the, the short answer is it's none of their business. You know, they have a coach and they're. Uh, their main goal uh, or focus is to listen to the coach and do as the coach says. Well, I, now, I agree. I yeah, agree. Yeah, they, they don't do that, unfortunately. But they don't do that. <laughs> but, but they don't do that with somebody like Skocic. But you can't do that with somebody like Alenoui because he's the master of that. I mean, that, I think he does that. He plays that game better than anyone else. So if you want to try to bully Alenoui, you can be sure that he will bully you 10 times harder, make it even worse. So I think Kalenoe will actually lead the, the group the way they, they probably uh, need to be led. Like, you know, he needs to be this, like this alpha coach who, who you know, who, who have the whip on them and, and yeah. are ready to tell them. I, I I think I think that would work again. I think you're right, but I think that would only work with a domestic player. I don't think that's going to work with the, the foreign base players. I think that there's a reason why. We I are... think it will do because it was probably the most the foreign base players that were uh, the most uh, critical about uh, Scotchich, you know. Uh, so I think, and I don't think that the players once again. Uh, will do something like that because that was so important. That was before the World Cup and Iran had their biggest moment. This is the Asian Cup. Iran is a different state. Most people like they don't even care anymore. Yeah, I think think the the reality is the reality is the the Federation, Merti Taj, um, you know, they, they have to understand that at this moment in time, not a lot of foreign coaches who are gonna be at the kind of uh experience level of Carlos Kerr, you're going to try and get a job to run. So you've got to, you've got to look for candidates who at least have a managerial experience that can benefit the national team in at least a couple of capacities. Karinoi will bring in, as you mentioned, Pejman, he'll bring in experience of Iranian football and obviously he's previously been the Iran national team head coach. So he understands what the job entails. You know, If you bring in a guy like Jose Moraes, Maybe he might be a better coach than Karanoi. Probably is actually a better coach than Karanoi, just just purely by coaching standards. You know, having coached in top teams around Europe, no doubt about it. But does he understand what the coach, what the job entails, and what it means to be a coach of Team Melli? Because it's a bigger job than just coaching the any any old national team. It's not a simple job. So Karanoi will understand that job. But that's what that's what we need to kind of understand. So so in that sense, I think it would be. Uh, it would be wise of the national of the federation to, to bring in a guy like Kainui, but I I actually I I am on this I'm on the fence, or uh, because I don't believe in my opinion that as I said I don't, I don't think the players would accept it, and I think that that's the unfortunate. I think the players have too much power, and I think I think that's one of 
the downfalls of this team since 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 pretty much Master Chojoy retiring, we haven't had a leader in our dressing room, and it's caused there to be splits in this national team, and it's caused there to be lack of leadership in the dressing room. And I think it's going to be if we don't find a leader in the next few years, it's going to be even worse if we don't get the right coach. So, so I, yeah. I actually think I actually agree with you, and I think it's actually worse than you say. I think it's I think that opportunity window is shorter than a few years. This is like our so-called golden generation. They should have got through to the last sixteen of the World Cup. They didn't, and as as you said before, there was there was already sort of di- division within the team. This is before this is before Masa Amini as well. So I mean, just sorry to cut you no, off. I mean, look at like you know Carlos Queiroz posts on Instagram um, saying bye to the national team. And who is under his post uh, commenting is Jose Canoni. Mr. Team Bus himself, uh, yeah. Who, who Canoni was was on the on the side of keeping Skocic, if you don't remember, if you don't forget. And obviously he's a foreign-based player. So, you know, it's um it's one of those things where, you know, and I I'm I kind of agree with Canoni because obviously he probably did he did doesn't I mean in the, in the World Cup he should have played, but at the same time. You know, how many times does that happen where a coach gets sacked and then they come out onto social media and comment on their the coach's post? Do you know what I mean? Like that's quite funny. It's be funny, but it doesn't happen that regularly. No, that's, it never, that's it because, never happens. And that's never because happens. I believe Iranian footballers have lost their discipline, have lost their um understanding of the role within uh the society like who like who do you think you are to come out onto a social media post to post something thinking as if as if you're you're fighting for like as if you're speaking it like in, in favor of Iranian people you know but you've done things in the past that uh, that doesn't really ha- give you the right to speak mate you know what I mean like you know not long ago I'm team Kanani on this one you know no, no. A year ago, you were, you were, you were busking. It, it's true, you know. So, so I get it. I, I on you're right because he should have played, and I, I understand he's upset, but he, it's, it's, so, it's no, such a, a fine line. Here. It's like it's, it's a, a symptom of the lack of discipline within it's, this team that a, a player can get away with doing. Like it's, it's extremely wrong what he's, what he's done. You can be on his side, but oh. it's, it's exceptional what he just, what he did. You're right. And I think this, that's correct. But Canon is also correct in the sense that, you know, potentially maybe I think he had a d- deeper meaning in it with what he said. You know, I think maybe he believes that Kairos didn't deal with the situation in Qatar properly, which I think is true as well. And I think, again, I think ho- ho- overall the team lost its discipline. Uh, in the rock cup so guys i want to move on to because this is this yeah, is a question i just want to quickly know. ask for people because we, we haven't actually answered it why did javo nekonam rule himself out for this job um i don't think he was g- given guarantees so i think he wanted the job as a guarantee as soon as kirosh was released or if he'd not t- uh, given a contract renewal he wanted to be guaranteed that job and i think he felt a little bit upset the fact that he wasn't, um, and he also wanted to continue his tenure at Fulad, which seems because obviously they're the Champions League, so he in the, they're the only Iranian team in the Champions League, so he, he believes that maybe they can do something in the in this uh, competition, so he wants to be given that opportunity to do so. So I think there's a lot of factors in it. Um, 
hopefully he doesn't uh, rule himself out and he does come back in the fourth. I do think he would be a good option, but I personally wouldn't want him to take the job right now. A bit too early in his career. Yeah, Pejman, another one, another candidate that was has been linked with the Iranian national team for actually quite a few years now, um, before Carlos Queiroz's second return, was was Herve Renard from previously Morocco and now Saudi Arabia. Obviously, they pulled off that massive win against Argentina in the World Cup. What do you what do you make of him being linked with the job again? And how strong are the links? Yeah, Saudi, the the moral. World Cup winners, you know. May I, may I just say before we actually carry on, I was in Qatar for, for the World Cup, and yeah. when when Saudi Arabia beat Argentina, like it was actually so annoying, like because there were so many Saudi fans in the country, everywhere you used to go, like you just walk around. Where's Messi? Where's Messi? Shut up! Like <laughs> you, you beat you beat Argentina, but for the next it's, like it's few hilarious. Weeks, so like, yeah, it was funny the first few times you kept saying it. Yeah, but anyway, but, anyway. yeah, it's what it is. Uh, yeah, so the question about Renard, I mean, it shouldn't be a question because he's on the contract with Saudi Arabia and uh, he will probably lead them to, to a probably successful Asian Cup in uh, 2024. So, uh, but he would be a long-term, long-term solution uh, in my mind. And it was a period that Iran didn't get him before. Maybe after the Asian Cup, the depending on how everything works out, both for Iran and for Saudi Arabia, we'll know. Uh, but I, I think the short time, and I understand that Nekonam maybe is not interested in, in the short term uh, contract, where we'll get it, will probably be, uh, be that kind of solution, depending on how things work in the Asian Cup. Uh, so th- therefore, I, I still believe that a guy like Amir Ghalinoui with all his experience, uh, is the right kind of coach for Iran at this moment. Well, having said that, um, Olavi, the um, Federation spokesperson, has recently said that um, if Renard does terminate his contract with Saudi Arabia, which has been suggested a few times in the last couple of weeks, that he might might be unhappy with Saudi Arabia uh, Federation and he might want to terminate his contract. We'll see what happens. Then he, and Olavi, the spokesperson, has said that if that does happen, then they will shortlist him uh, as a candidate. So that's uh, sorry, that, that that's that's just bullshit. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think I think I think he is unhappy with them. I do think he why? is unhappy. Well, yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I'm not. I, I'm not sure. Surely we should we should do an interview with Renard to ask him that. But he he is unhappy for for various reasons, and if he does become a candidate. For, for Iran, um, it would be an, an option that, obviously, as you said, would be, would be a long-term option. But at the same time, I don't know if we can afford him. I don't know if we can give him what Saudi Arabia are giving him. You know, really, you know, what what's his contract like with Saudi Arabia? You know, do you have to entice a coach to come out of that deal, to come in as an Iran national team? You know, it's not going to be an easy one to take. Um, yeah. So... I personally believe actually he's the perfect option. He he would give the players discipline. The only thing is, as you say, Arya, like he he's not coming. Like mm. there's no way right now that we can entice a manager to his caliber to come to, to come to Iran. It's just not going to happen. We we have to build up so many things. Like obviously the situation 
where it needs to improve, but it's just way beyond that. It's the infrastructure, it's the money, as you say, it's it, it's the discipline as well. There needs to be some sort of a foundation, and we don't have that at the moment. Mm. He he would be an amazing long term option, but I don't think long term he'll be he'd be retired by this time gets all fixed. Well, there were some reports that Nice were looking to try and get him potentially in the you know in the in Liga, so. You know, I think that would be a much more likely destination for him than coming to coach Iran national team. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Before we move on to the Legionnaires, um, are there any other sort of foreign international managers that are worth like considering? Um, I mean, obviously, the Halil Hodzic, who's um, the other Sina's favorite. You know, he he's an option. Uh, I don't know if he's still on, if he's still with somebody right now. Uh, How old is he now? He, I think he's, he's he's seventy, seventy years old, uh, and currently he's coaching uh, nobody. He was obviously a Morocco coach uh, up to up until recently, and he's a free agent, so he's an option. Halil uh, Hodzic maybe could be somebody who comes in. Obviously, he used to be Japan coach not long ago, uh, Algeria. You know, obviously in twenty fourteen World Cup, but Hector Cooper, another one that's you know in his uh, in his late you know in his late years. Um, I don't know if anyone watched the Ronaldo documentary um, that was on DAZN, uh, the Brazilian Ronaldo. Uh, he actually mentioned in that the documentary that uh, Cooper was the worst coach he'd ever had in his career. And Ronaldo is a guy who played at some of the best clubs in the world. So for him to say that is a big, <laughs> a big statement. So uh, I don't think Cooper is the right guy for this job anyway. He's, he's, he's just too old and I think he's just not got the right character for it. Um, um, like Kalinui has like a better resume than him, <laughs> almost. Of course, no, I not, mean, but... obviously he doesn't. Yeah, but... what have you done like the the last five six years? If you look at uh, Cooper, uh, Hector Cooper. Yeah, it, it's like in Uzbekistan, right? Syria. It's nothing to to yeah. be proud of. No, not at all. Um, um, Stramakioni, you know, uh, Pejman, obviously, Estel Lol coach for a little while. I think he he has PTSD, but going back to Iran. <laughs> you know, he wasn't paid yeah. and he said like as long as the situation in Iran is like this yeah. I, I, I won't return yeah. uh, so so we have to rule him out otherwise he would be an interesting coach Yeah. Uh, yeah he, be sorry what, what was his name I, I forgot uh, the Esterlal coach with the long hair uh, Schaefer, Schaefer yeah Schaefer I mean yeah, yeah. Um, where is he coaching? I think he's also a little bit older now as well, Marcel, Marcel Schaefer. I think look, a lot of these options are a little bit under. You know, Shamakoni is in the right kind of age range uh, that we're looking for. Um, I just think that at this moment in time, we um, we're going to struggle to get coaches in who are the perfect option. I think the perfect option is probably a, you know, a, a what's his name, Renard. Uh, Shamakoni isn't a perfect option, but he's in the right age. Um, and then someone else, like like I think someone was saying before, like Farhad Najidi, you know, he's somebody who, you know, um, did okay for Estelle for a little while, didn't have a great time with him, but, you know, he's probably, like, in the right age, like like Jawad Nekunam, like, you know, he's he's young, he's a, a, a up-and-coming coach, but I just don't think he's the right person for the job. And I think that that's the problem. Like, there's there's certain areas that we have to... to um, adhere to and coaches like uh Samakioni don't don't always meet the the criteria in my opinion. Um 
Winfred Schaefer right now is also a free agent. He's been a free agent since 2021. Um, and the other option that we recently were told is Jose de Daniel Careno, who is a Uruguayan coach, recently was coaching at Montevideo Wanderers in the Uruguayan League. Apparently he's applied for the job. You know, whether he's actually um, shortlisted is a different story. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a an interesting one uh, between now and whenever we want to play our game, which I think, uh, yes, you know, I think you have it there. We're going to play our game hopefully next month, but who knows? <laughs> who knows yeah, the room, is, the room is with, with Russia, right? Yeah, Russia and Iraq yeah. uh, next, next month. Um, and I, don't, I think it's going to be in Tehran potentially, but uh, Taj has already mentioned that he's not in a hurry to get a coach. So... That's already that's already a bit of a red flag, I think. But, you've got a month to go, so I don't know. Okay, so before we talk about uh, the Legionnaires, let's let's catch up with Erifan Hosseini, who Arya talks to. Um, talk about all things domestic football uh, with the Iranian league. Okay, I'm joined by Erifan Hosseini, uh, an expert on Iranian football, uh, someone who we believe is a, a very uh, knowledgeable person on the Persian Gulf Pro League. Uh, if you're on Twitter, you may have seen his tweets. Uh, numerous times um, and uh, yeah I'm really p- pleased to be here with Airphone. how are you doing my friend? Hello Arya I'm doing well thank you for having me on my friend it's, been, it's an honour to be on the podcast once again how are yeah, you doing? Good to have you on we've tried to have, have you on for a long time now but hopefully we'll have you on more going forward I'm doing really well um, Airfon, uh give us a little bit about yourself what you do uh, in terms of Iranian football uh, obviously you've got a a pretty big Twitter account as well that people will know about, but if you can give us that as well, appreciate it. Yeah, uh, as already mentioned, um, you if you're on Twitter, you've probably seen my account. Uh, I try to spread Iranian football, mainly the Iranian domestic league. Uh, I watch the Iranian football league a lot, uh, the PGPL mostly, or the Hasfi, and when, when I can, even the Azadegan. Um, and that's basically what I do. You can find me on Twitter, at um, ERI1806. Good stuff. Good stuff. Really appreciate that. Uh, Airphone, um, obviously, BGPL, uh, we've uh, gone 20 games now into it. Um, give us a little recap about the current standings in the, in the PGPL. Yeah. Um, in the Persian Pro League right now, uh, we have the three big, big three teams, you could say, on, on top. Uh, it's very close up top with Sepahan leading with 42 points. And then Esterlal and Perspolis, uh, both with 39 points. But, but Perspolis uh, with the higher goal difference in second. Uh, and then after that, we got Golgor, Hard Tractor, Aluminium, uh, Mess, and Fulad, who are our only um, team in the AFC Champions League, are actually ninth. So it's very interesting. And then in the, the bottom two teams, are Naft Masha Soleiman and Sanat Naft. And um, that can give you a good understanding on how the league is going so far. Obviously, as you mentioned, the top four there, Sepahan, Presport, Estelov, Goldberg. I think those, and obviously Traktor is obviously that discussion as well. Um, yeah. Who do you think has performed specifically really well this season, especially after the World Cup? Because we, we know that there was a big shift in the, in the, world, in the, mm-hmm. in the league. Who's been performing the best out of these uh, five teams? Uh, for me, it has to be Sepahan and Tractor. And um, Tractor, especially after 
Corban uh, Burdiev had left the club um, in, during winter. And uh, Tractor made an amazing appointment, in my opinion, Paco Gemes. Uh, he has basically coached in La Liga, the likes of Rayo Vallecano, uh, Zarzoga, and he's been doing very well with Tractor. Uh, I, they weren't doing too well before he came in, and uh, he's made them, I'd say, even favorites for uh, maybe an Asian Champions League spot. Uh, I think he's been doing really well with them. Yeah, can you give us a little bit about Tractor? Was Tractor our our fifth in the league? So obviously not doing the best when it comes to current standings, mm-hmm. but as you mentioned, they're in great form. Yeah. Um, you know they've won uh, quite a lot of games recently, especially this month. They've they've not had a, a defeat yet. Um, they've had a lot of uh, games where there've been a lot of red cards in it, quite feisty games. How do you yeah. think that Tractor are? Are, are going to do coming towards the end of the season. I do think a guy like, as you mentioned, uh, Paco Yemes, who's coaching top teams in the past, do you think that he can be a, a candidate for the national team? Uh, Tractor, they've been playing very offensively. Um, unlike before Paco Yemes came in, uh, they were a bit more of a defensive side. Uh, Paco has shifted uh, Reza Asadi, who was previously known for being a midfielder into... Uh, the number nine position, and he's actually, I think, the second top scorer in the league right now with six goals. Um, so he's been doing really well with him. And um, if Paco Gemes can be a candidate for Team Melli, I think if we can't get, if we can't, let's say, pull someone uh, good uh, or someone very experienced that we're sure can get good results, I think that uh, Paco is a good um, candidate for Team Melli because he's, he already has experience in Iran. Um, he knows a lot of the clubs, you know. Um, I think, yeah, I think he he could be a good candidate for Team Ali. Yeah, I think you know we'll see how it goes. Obviously, we'll speak about it on the podcast as well. Um, mm-hmm. Sepahan uh, played against Zenit with uh, Nesfahan quite recently. Uh, Sepahan mm-hmm. are doing you know pretty well as well in the league. You know, obviously they're at the top of the league and then they've been. You know, very very consistent this season. Um, them beating Zenit two zero. Uh, do you think that puts them in a comfortable position to win the league this season? Uh, and obviously Jose Morais, obviously former Chelsea assistant under Jose Mourinho. Mm-hmm. And how has he been getting on this season? Uh, first of all, the, the friendly. I think it won't really have any effect on the league. Um, Sepahan and Zenit both started the game with uh, second string teams and I feel like Zenit underestimated Sepahan a bit from the beginning even Sepahan was um, do- kind of dominating you could say Zenit they had the better chances they got uh, they got an early goal in Ali Gorbani and then um, that very very good strike from Mohamed Donishkar. Um the second half was more uh, of the main teams you could see more familiar names uh, and Payam Niazman, let's say, and um, some other Sepan players. Um, it was a good win, but I don't really think it will affect uh, their position in the league because they're already in very, very top form. I believe they have five wins out of their last five. And uh, Morai is uh, another fantastic appointment by, uh, Sepa- by Sepahan. I was shocked to see him come into the PGPL earlier this season. I didn't really expect it. And... Um, I think, yeah, I think Jose Moraes, I, I think he's better, slightly better than Paco Gomez. And I think if we can get him, we should get him. He, he, he's a very good manager. 
Yeah, I think he's uh, he's somebody who's got uh, the, the the accolades in terms of the experience, having been at yeah. top clubs, obviously coach under Jose Mourinho. I think he has enough you know, pure coaching experience to be, be able to lead the national team, but it's obviously the question of does he have uh, the what it takes to coach a national team. It's much different than coaching a club team, so uh, it was similar yes. to Kocic, you know. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Um, another guy who is a big character um, joined the the Iranian uh, league. Obviously, another Portuguese guy is uh, Ricardo de Pinto, uh, de Pinto, who is obviously Estoril coach. Uh, he is a, a a crazy character. He's um, an interesting character. Somebody who's uh, able to go AWOL and uh, someone who can they've done a lot this season um, you're an SLL fan what do you make of him this season how do you think SLL is going to be doing towards the end of the season um, now SLL this season or Sapino's SLL um, you can divide it into two parts first of all it's before 2023 um, and the next one is after 2023 so the first half and the second half of the season now during the first half I agree with your comments. He he was he was an a hole. He acted how he wasn't supposed to. He even attacked the referee once, I believe. Um, it was it was not a good thing to see. see I, didn't call, I didn't call him an a hole. I said he went a wall. I didn't say I didn't call him an a hole. But oh continue, continue, continue. <laughs> okay, and um, after uh, the second half of the season started, uh, he's actually won. We won all our games so far in the second half of the season. We've been in good form, and his um, attitude, let's say, has been much better. He he controls himself now, you could say. But um, unfortunately, the other team's coaches, uh, they've sort of found a trick, or they're taking advantage of how he was before. And uh, they're kind of... Um, uh, let's say going at him to make him angry, to um, to make him angry and maybe get him sent off. And we saw that last week uh, in Pecon, and then the week before that in Mess, um, I believe, Mess Kermon, we saw that the opposition's goalkeeping coach, he went and pushed Sapinto. And crazily enough, Sapinto himself got sent off, which was insane to me. Uh, yeah, I think Sokinto is a good coach, a very good coach. We've seen it with Estaglal in the last few weeks. And uh, I think his attitude has been improving. Yeah, that's what I think of him. So you think he's been targeted by the other coaching staff, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah definitely. Okay. Um, all right, so moving on then, we have uh, the Hasby Cup round of 16 coming up uh, pretty soon. Um Give us the, the, the players, the teams that are playing and then what you think is going to happen. Yeah, um, the Hasbro Round of 16 actually kicked off today. Um, Daria Babel, uh, they played against Pars Junior Jam. They won on penalties. Um, and then tomorrow we have Estaglal versus Malavan. Uh, in Tehran, we have Golgohar versus Fulad, a very good game. Uh, Navad Ormia, which are the only team from the third division still in the competition, they will play Pekan. Uh, Havadar, they'll play Mesraf Sanjan. And then after tomorrow, we have um, Sepahan versus Persepolis, um, which is uh, one of the best game of this round, you could say. Um, it's a very, very good game. First and second in the league, obviously. Uh, it will be played in Esfahan. Uh, Sepahan looking like the favorites right now. 
Um, and then the other games that are left are Estaglal Molassani versus Meskerman. And um, yeah, those are the games for the round, uh, round of 16. Good stuff. Appreciate that. Uh, okay, let's move on then to Perth Spolis. Yaka Gorgon Mamadi, obviously, still the coach. He's been there for a long time now. Um, you mentioned to me he has not been in the best of form. Um, what do you make of Perth Spolis yeah. this season? Perth Spolis this season, um, at the beginning of the season, they signed many, many good players. They got uh, Behrman back, uh, Soru Shrefi. Um, Mohamed Mehdi Amadi, they, they had good signings. Lokadio, who obviously left uh, for reasons. Um, but they started the season well. They were leading the league by, um, I think, five or eight points it was until not long ago. Um, but since the second half of the season started, they've been in pretty bad form. Uh, they lost to Fulad. Uh, they drew to Aluminium. And um, they won against Sanat Naft barely, but then again, a few days ago, they lost to Havadar in front of their own fans, which was a bit embarrassing. Yahya Gulmamadi, um, he's a good coach. He's a good coach. He, he's shown it before. He's won the league twice with them. Um, he's won the Super Cup. He's a good coach, but I think maybe you could say his time is up with first police. He's, um, every time he loses or draws, in the press conferences after the games, he keeps on. He, he doesn't take the blame himself. He keeps on blaming others, other things. He blames the referees, uh, the, the pitch, etc. I think maybe he should um, he should maybe blame himself a bit. Maybe it's the tactics that are wrong. I, I think he doesn't see that. Uh, press police have good players. Probably the best squad in the league, in my opinion. But I think the coach maybe is the problem for them. I, I want to ask you a question, obviously, because in the recent... Uh, weeks we've obviously seen Carlos Kiros, he's now the Qatar head coach, um, and a lot of uh, coaches in the Persian Gulf Pro League have been uh, become candidates potentially to be the, the Iran head coach. Um, people like, as we mentioned, Jose Moraes, uh, Paco Yemez, uh, Ayman Palanoi, who is currently the Kolko Har coach, Gol Mohammadi potentially could put his name in the in the in the basket, and obviously Jawad Nepunam, who I think is kind of taking himself out uh, of this situation. Potentially, we'll see how that goes. Um, out of all those names, who would you think is the the best candidate for this role? And do you think that an Iranian coach would be a good option at this point, or do you still prefer um, a foreign coach to come in? Uh, to be honest, my preferred coach is actually you know, one of those names you mentioned. It's um, Emil Kalenoui. I would actually take him over Moraes and Hemez. Um, and the main reason is just the familiarity familiarity he has with Iranian football. I mean, he's been there for so long and he does well everywhere he goes. Even at Golgohar, which was um, when he joined, there was a candidate for relegation. Uh, but then uh, consistently, they've been finishing top four or five in the Iranian league over the past few years, and right now even they're uh, fourth. Um, the, the 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 way the players respect him, the uh, the thing the the things he brings to the club or even the national team he was the coach of before. Uh, I think he was a bit unlucky in his first stint. I would definitely want him there as a second um, on a second stint. So yeah, I prefer him over everyone else. All right, thanks for that. Um, all right, so let's move on to. One second. Once again. All right, let's move on. Uh, so obviously uh, the players this season, 
uh, who have you been most impressed by? Uh, and you know, statistically, who has uh, been the best players in the league? Uh, well, yeah, the players I've been most impressed by, uh, firstly from Sepahan, their left and right backs have been playing very, very good this year, both Ramin Rezai and Omid Nurafkan. Not only have they been um, good defenders, but they've helped a lot in the offense as well. Uh, especially Ramin Rezaian. I, I think he's been one of the top two or top three best players in the league this year. Do you think that Do you think that Rezaian's uh, kind of the confidence that Cairo showed in him uh, in the World Cup, do you think that kind of helped his, oh, yeah. his career a little bit? Definitely. Yeah, it did. I, it, completely different Ramin from before and after the World Cup. After that, Payam Niazmand, obviously he was brought in on loan from Portimonense at the beginning of the season. Uh, improved their goalkeeping situation a lot. He's been doing very well. Uh, from Persepolis, another goalkeeper, Bayron Vand. Um, except maybe the last one or two games, he's been doing very, very well. I think he's the he's been the highest rated player in the league so far. Um, another player I'd like to mention from Persepolis is Omri. Um, he he's uh, coming to the um he's coming to the lineup not too long ago, and uh, he's been doing everything for them he's been scoring assisting and um, he, he's just a really good player to have he's very young as well yeah i've, I've um, heard good things about him do you think he's got a chance yeah. to come to the national team at any point in the near future honestly i i fancy him to be called up for the asian cup if he continues what he's doing what he's doing right now i think he he will probably get a chance in the next few uh international camps hopefully he does at least depending on who's the coach um yeah, even though as an uh, Estherlal fan, it kind of kind of hurts me to say this, but I think he's the best youngster in the league right now. And then yeah. um, also, I'd like to mention Arash Rezavand. Probably you heard, you guys probably heard, um, have not heard his name too much. He's an attacking midfielder who plays in uh, Arash, who plays in Estherlal, and um, he's been doing very well for them after his injury. Before his injury as well, he he, he did pretty decent. Um, and he's gotten, I think, three or four assists in his last three games as well. Um, he's doing pretty well. And also Qaidi, who's uh, on good form right now, three goals in his last three games. One player that's kind of stuck out a little bit to me, uh, just looking at the stats here, is uh, RF Rostami, who plays for Miss Kermon, yes. who are quite low. They're, they're, they're 14th. You know, they're, they're bottom three the table, but their player is... A top goal scorer in the league, uh, RF Rostami. Um, you know, what why is that the case? Why is it that the Iranian league as a whole has this imbalance of players who are maybe playing in the lower lower uh teams are always quite high up in the in the stats when it comes to goal scorers and assists? You know, why is that the case? Yeah, RF Rostami, um, he's a winger, he joined Mess Kerman this year when they were promoted. Um he has, I think, seven goals in the league this season. Um, he's been doing very well for them. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he played for Zobahan last year. Uh, he didn't do too well for the, for them, but this year he's been doing very well. Um, and I think the reason why um, you said that, uh, the thing you said is true, is because the imbalance, as you said, uh, is because that um, in, in our league, there are... Uh, times where one player can uh, change everything and um, 
that that's the case for Miss Kerman. Their team hasn't been doing too well. Uh, they've been struggling a lot in defense and uh, midfield. But on their offense, when you have a player like Arif Rostemi, uh, as you mentioned, he's one of the top scorers. But then that, that really doesn't help the team when uh, you're struggling in other areas like the defense. And that's why Mess have struggled this season. All right, let's come up to uh, some of the foreigners that have joined um, the PGPL. Um, who do you who have you been most impressed by uh, since the, the summer transfer window? Um, and uh, what have you made of it so far? Uh, we've got a lot of foreigners in the league this year, which is a good thing to see. I think it, it does improve uh, our league, the quality of our league. Um, one player I'd like to mention, I think he's been the best player in the league this season for me, is Ricardo Alves. Even though he hasn't scored any goals, but he's had an astonishing 12 assists, uh, which is very, very good. Uh, he plays for Tractor. Uh, he's Portuguese. Uh, I think he's 29 years old, and um, um, he's been doing very well for them. Uh, another one from Tractor is... Uh, Former, I think, Iraq international, Safa Hadi. Uh, obviously, friends with Osmond, you probably heard of him. Um, he's been playing very well for Tractor, especially after uh, Khemez came in. He's been starting every game. Um, he's been very, very good in that uh, defensive midfielder position. Um, then the two Estaglal foreigners, Yamga and Silva. Silva was signed last January. He's uh, been playing very well since then. Um, a tank in defense, you could say even. Um, and Kevin Yamgal, even though even though last year he played as a winger or a striker, this year he he's been shifted more into a right back, um, and he's been doing well for them and for Estaglal. And then another player uh, is uh, Giorgio Gavalesiani for Persepolis. Um, he he not only helps in defense, but he's a very good uh, both penalty taker and uh, he 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 has a good heading. He got two goals against Estadal in the derby. Um, and another player who just came to Sepahan is Diego Catatao. Uh, he played, um, he restarted the game versus Zenit. And from that game, I could see the quality he has. Um, I think he could be one to look out for in the league. Perfect. Appreciate that, Erfan. Okay, uh, so let's move on to... Uh, the bottom of the table we came on to miss Kermon there but you know some of the Khuzestani clubs like Sarat and Abadan Naftin Machis Soleiman and of course uh, you know Fulad of course a, a bit of a downfall in, in their uh, quest for the championship uh, what's happened to these Khuzestani clubs you know what, what's going on in that part of, uh, of Iran Um, first of all there are two different problems here. First, it's Fulad, and then it's the other two Nats clubs. Uh, for Fulad, uh, they have a good management. Um, they they have the money they need. Uh, they have a semi-decent coach in Javad Nekunam. I think their problem is most, mostly from the coaching staff this year. Uh, the lack of use of youngsters maybe could be something else. Uh, but for the other two clubs, Salat Naft and Naft Mastoleman, uh, two actually very popular clubs. Um, they've always uh, been popular uh, in the province, always had the packed-out stadium when they played at home. And it's sad to see, um, you know, these two clubs on the bottom of the league, they're, they're probably going to get relegated. And the main issue I see with them is um, the management. 
Now they're both owned by uh, the NAFT company or the uh, oil company, and um, they are not very good owners. We've seen before. Uh, if you you guys remember NAFT Tehran, they even played in the Champions League a few times. Uh, you know what happened to them? Relegated, defunct, not a club anymore. I just I don't I don't see why they're doing this to clubs. Uh, obviously, they don't care. Um, they don't invest enough, invest enough at all. I think uh, NAF Masteriman is one of the only uh, teams in the league without a foreign player this year. And the quality of the coaches and the quality of the players they bring in is just not good enough for the first division. And it's very, very sad to see. Yeah, it's very sad to see uh, a team like Santa and have to, you know, as you mentioned, massive history uh, in the Persian Gulf yes. Pro League, but is going to probably then get relegated to Azadegan. Uh, all right, let's move on to uh, the continental competition. We've got the AFC Champions League. Funad is the only team in that uh, as well. Um, they're going to play against Ife Sali, uh, Saudi Arabian team, is the round of 16 uh, tomorrow. Um, as a team of recording, uh, what do you make of it? How do you think they're gonna get it on? Um, well, yeah, they play against Al Faisali, the Saudi club, they're actually in the second division right now. Um, they're in this competition, uh, via the cup, they were champions of the cup, and uh, they topped their group. And it wasn't even an easy group to top, they had the likes of um, Al Sad and um. Uh, other clubs, so they're not an easy team, but they've uh, changed a lot since um, the group stages were played almost 10 months ago. Uh, they've lost a lot of their uh, good foreign players, although they did bring in uh, Willy Semedo. He is a Cape Verdean footballer. I've heard good things about him not too long, not too long ago. Um, speaking of changes, Fulat have also undergone a lot of changes since then. Um, they've lost all of their foreign players. Not lost, I'd say, part of the ways with them. Um, Shemba, their captain, former captain, uh, he left uh, for Mesraf Sanjan. And then Potosi and Koulibaly, who were with the club till this winter, uh, they've also left, or were rather kicked out, I would say. Um, but for some other foreigners, um, you could say more experienced foreigners, but I don't think they will help the club too much. Uh, we've seen Roberto Torres. He's a good player. He scored that very good goal against Perspolis. Um, you got Su uh, Sugita also. He played for Tractor before. I think he's injured right now. I'm not sure on that. Um, but Fulad, the comparing them to the team they were 10 months ago in the group stages, very, very different. I actually see them struggling tomorrow against Alfaisali, even though they're second division side. Um, I hope they do, and I hope they'll, they'll do well. But... I don't see them getting past the quarterfinals. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, we'll see how that goes tomorrow in the Champions League. Uh, okay, finally, on the Champions League, uh, there's a new, uh, you could call it, uh, setup. the way they're going to do it in the Champions League for uh, next next year's uh, edition. Um, the AFC have... Uh, brought out this new uh, system uh, for their competition. Uh, how will this affect uh, Iranian clubs? Uh, and do you agree with it? Do you like it or do you not? Yeah, they've kind of uh, followed the Super League format that Europe's going for. Uh, basically, right now we have 40 clubs. 
uh, it's going to be almost half of that. We're going to have 24 clubs in the Champions League. Uh, but we're also going to have two other competitions, uh, the second and third tier competitions, um, with the second tier competition having 32 clubs and the third tier competition having 20 clubs. Now, the third tier competition, it's just for the, um, let's say, developing countries. Uh, we won't see any Iranian clubs there anytime soon, hopefully at least. Um, and then uh, the in the first tier, uh, based on the slot allocations right now, we're going to have three clubs. Uh, so two, and then one in the playoffs. And then um, in the second tier competition, um, the AFC Cup is called right now. We're going to have one club. Uh, and personally, I, I think this is very good for um, Asian football. Um, how it's going to work is there's going to be uh, two groups of 12, and uh, West and East, obviously. And um, uh, every team plays eight matches. Um, so not everyone plays everyone. Eight matches, four home, four away, and the top eight clubs from um, each um, each region will go to a round of sixteen, uh, and then from the round of sixteen. And the good thing about this is that the east and the west region are going to be um, combined for the quarterfinals. So this is very good for the competition. It's always been annoying that you couldn't see the clubs from both sides meet until the final. Uh, I agree with this new format. I think for once, AFC have done something that will that's that's good for Asian football. Yeah, I have to agree. I I was always a big critic of the whole you know meeting the the West against the East in the final. It it doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. In my opinion, they should be playing quite early on, and hopefully that this format does allow that to be more of a competition, not just you know this best meets that best do you know what i mean i don't think it's, it's yeah. not fair um so that's a good way of doing it and also uh from what we're hearing it's also going to be single legs it's not going to be two legs you know it's going to be centralized location so it's not going to be two finals you know like we had before when press bodies played one time and they lost you know because they had to play an away and a home and an away game it doesn't make any sense so now it's going to be centralized which is always a good uh, thing uh anything to add to that yeah, but that that's it. Basically, I think it, until the round of sixteen is going to be home and away, then the quarters, semifinals, and finals uh, are going to be held in a centralized centralized location. We know yeah. where that's going to be. And not yet. Not yet. Maybe in Iran. Hopefully in Iran. <laughs> we'll see. That. All right. Thanks a lot, Airfo. We'll I really appreciate that. Hopefully, we'll have you back on uh, again. Thank where, you, can, where can the guys? Uh, where can everyone find you on social media? Um. Yeah, you can find me on youtube or fun 1806 i'm not too active there though and i'm mostly active on twitter at eri1806 yeah perfect i really appreciate that everyone hopefully i'll have you on pretty soon and all the best take care you too okay let's jump in to the legionnaires now that we're talking situation so the big one that happened in the january transfer window was are there who went to cassiam pasha uh, as a loan arrived just before the earthquake uh and here's here's a video of actually his thoughts and feelings during that time <laughs> I'm going to go to the 
عکس فرزادی به امادهی که کردن یکی از زنده یه شکستگی داد ولی خدا شکر چیزی خاصی نیست برطرف میشه همین که سالم زنده خدا شکر میکنیم بازم خواستم ازتون تشکر کنم ممنون خیلی که واقعا شرط خیلی بدی بود تو اون هوتلی که بودیم ساعت چهار صبح یه لحظه واقعا اخواب پریدیم و که زمین لحظه شدید فکر میکنم هفت و هشت بود هفت و هشت و همه جا فقط تکون میخود نمیدونم اصلا چیجوری بلند شدم جهانجور کردم خیلی از وسیله همون تو اوتر بود بعد بلند شدیم و همه تیم رفتیم بیرون فکر میکنم اون دو درطف یکی از جایی که نریخته بود و خراب نشده بود همین هتله بود به خاطر اینکه برنش جدید بود تازه ساخته بودن و بیرون که آمدیم خیلی از ساختمان ها اکثرا به خاک اکسان شده بود تو شهر هم که وضعیت خیلی افتضاح بود متاسفانه یکی بازیکنایی هم که دیشب با تیم عریف بازی داشتیم همون بازیکنی که به ما گل زده بود و بازی رو برده بودن هنوزم زیر آواده و فکر میکنم که متاسفانه فوت شده و فکر میکنم چند هزار نفری مردن و چندین هزار نفر آسیب دیدن امیدوارم که حالشون خوب بشه و همچنین امیدوارم حال مردم ایران تو خوی و اونا هم حالشون خوب باشه و بهشون رسیده ای کنم ممنون از محبتتون لطفه یای Let's like just talk about this very very briefly uh, Pejman, what was it? Is it, was it a good move for, for Golizade? He wasn't getting much game time in Belgium I, I don't think it was a good move. I mean, the Turkish league is quite good. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that, to be honest. But it's not probably better than the Belgian league in, in terms of the all-over all competition. Although he was getting less minutes, he was still uh, playing more or less every game. Uh, and maybe getting a loan to another Belgian club. You know, I, I don't really know what was the main reason was it like he wanted to come closer to turkey to come closer to iran and that's why turkey was a good league was it a good uh financial deal for him because uh he's got the qualities to stay in belgium i believe and i think there would be other clubs in that league or maybe even the uh in holland or somewhere in Europe that could benefit from his qualities. So I want to know what, what was what was his main reason for moving away from Chardarwa? I don't know that. Do you guys know? It's only a loan. It's a loan deal. So it's only for six months. He'll be back to Chardarwa at the end of the season. Um, I, hope, I actually he doesn't sign on to, to Kashi Pasher. I think, I think for him it was a case of... Um, Charlotte, he's been at Charlotte for a long time. Uh, he's been there for many years now. He's obviously one of their one of their key players in the attack. I think for him, he was upset that he didn't get a move after the World Cup because he had a good World Cup. Let's not forget, but he was one of our better players in the World Cup. I thought he played really well, got an assist against England, uh, did okay against the US. Um, so he was a little bit upset that he didn't get a move early on in the January transfer window. And this move came towards the end of it. I think it was a lone move that kind of just cropped up because they needed a winner. Uh, Kasim Pasha needed a winner, so they just gave him a, a loan deal, which he took. Um, and I think he wanted a new adventure for six months. So that's probably the reason why. But I think, is, is it the right thing to do? Uh, no, I don't think it's the right thing to do either, Pejwan, because I think looking at it, he signed a, a 
four to five year extension a couple of years ago uh, with Charlevoix. Um, the club had told them that you know the the extension is only for uh, to make your move in the summer the uh, financial because he was going to leave on a free transfer if he didn't if he didn't extend his contract. He was told he even told us in the interview when we interviewed him that he was only signing the contract so that the club would make some money. Uh, and uh, it didn't happen. They uh, they kind of scammed him if you look at it in, in that sense because they gave him a, they made a they made a promise basically to him sign the contract and we make some money from your transfer you can leave no problem didn't happen yeah. didn't happen and it's like he's he was stuck at the club for two more years it's like you know he kind of wasted his time there so I think that's why he wants to go out for six months yeah makes a lot of sense and you're right are you like. He was one of the standout tournament, I would say, especially with like seeing him live. A lot of people, I think, non-Iranians are very surprised because they've never heard of him. Uh, but he, he did stand out, I would say. Um, I want to move on to Ayrez Jahanbash, who is in amazing form at the moment. It's it's really putting a smile on my face, to be honest, because he's a player that's gone up and down so many times, and he's going through one of these peaks, and hopefully he can sustain it. So he's got four goals since the restart including a brace against PSV Eindhoven. Um, they were 2-0 down and he got two goals off the bench to equalise. Huge, huge result. So, um, yeah, Pedro, what do you think of his 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 you know his form lately? And do you think he can kind of sustain that? Or do you think classic Alireza could go back down? <laughs> it, was, it was prime Alireza. It was that same Alireza that won... Uh, uh, when was it? Like three years ago? Most goals... Uh, for, uh, oh, I think it's more, it's more than three years ago. Damn, we're getting old. Yeah, uh, he's also getting older, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just glad that he's getting minutes and he's playing well. And uh, you guys remember when he, he was at his best in the national team when uh, Skocic was at charge. I don't know why, because... the. Was he okay during that time in his club? Yeah, but he wasn't. He wasn't that good in his club with, with the same way he was in the national team. I guess he he could get some more freedom in the national team. He scored a couple of important goals for us uh, in the World Cup qualifiers. Um, so I think it's, it's a confidence thing. We all know that he's very like professional, professionally mannered, and I'm sure a lot of other Iranian players wouldn't. Uh, uh, accept the things the way things uh, would have gone the way they went for Jahan Bakhsh because he was on the bench a lot of times he get like 5 minutes here 10 minutes there and at the same time the team is playing really good they're in the top of the league so you know what can you say uh, but I, I think this is this is his 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 top I mean he, he he's not good enough for Brighton or, or the Premier League, he is good for Holland and uh, those kind of countries and clubs. So be happy where you are because as you guys, he's like around 30 years now, something like that, right? So there won't be, his biggest move will be maybe going to Ajax instead. So that's the same as Feyenoord in, in terms of trying to yeah. get the gold. I yeah. hope they, I hope they win the league this season. You know they've only had one loss this season. They've played really well, um, and I hope they do win. You know I think for Jahan Bakhsh's sake, anyway, I think that you know he 
uh, he needs to, uh, you know, this half season to to kick on his career. He's twenty nine. You know, he'll be thirty pretty soon. But he he yeah he has to use this kind of this part of the season to kind of restart his career a little bit because it was going, you know, downhill. No doubt about it. He was going downhill. But I think now he has to revive it a little bit. Yeah, and it's. The only reason why I'm a bit harsher to him more than most players is because we know how quality he is. We know how good he is. He's got everything in the locker to be a top player. That's why, if Adarez, you are listening, I that's the reason why I'm more harsh on I mean, you than other players. At, look at the goals <laughs> he scored. I mean, some of the goals he scored like the, the last few weeks, I mean, I'm absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Like, some brilliant goals. And, you know, we know he has it. You know, he, he's always had this great technical ability. Just needs to do it on a more consistent basis. And I think once he does do it, um, it's great. So, let's move on to another one that has got a lot of talent, but potentially not really showing it. Is Said as a Tolai, um, in in Denmark. So, what's the latest there, um, Arya? Well, Said's contract uh, with Weile Bold Globe in uh, Denmark expires uh, this time next year, twenty twenty four. So he um, he's still tied to that club. Uh, Viola are in the second tier, they're top of them, they're going to get promoted, uh, no doubt about it, but, um, you know, they are in a position where they can basically reject offers, because no club is going to pay a lot of money for a second tier player, so, you know, then and Viola know that in the summer, when they get promoted, his price will go up, so they have, they're absolutely in the right to reject offers until the summer, uh, and wait to, to sell them off for a, a higher price, potentially, in the summer, so I think that's what they're gonna do. Uh, so he'll stay for six more months, maybe, maybe even leaving a free transfer next year. You know, it's uh, it's a shame because you know Saeed's career has always been one of those careers where it's like what if, you know, because um, he didn't have a great World Cup, you know, but he he showed some things in qualification where we thought maybe he's gonna get a move. Never managed to really get it. Obviously, when they went to Al Rafa last year. Uh, I just I just feel really kind of disappointed in his in, in, in his path, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's got a ton of potential, but it'll be a shame if it if it stays that way, if it's just, just potential and nothing else. So I think sorry, like, not... sorry, it's kind of like uh, the same uh, discussions we have at, about uh uh Atale time after time isn't it like, yeah it is true it's not changed nothing that's yeah yeah and, and i think what changed. i what i'm afraid of is that we'll keep saying he's got and he hits like 30 it's like well okay no not anymore well, it's gonna be like he had a lot of potential but he never managed to get it and I, and I and that's what i'm afraid of i hope at least you know when he hits 28 29 he has a bit of a revival in his career you know he goes to a decent league and we see him performing pretty okay I don't want it to be still that Viola next year. I don't want that. that. That would be horrible for his career, you know. So, okay, on to Aliyar Syed Manesh, who um, was playing pretty well for Hull until he got injured, and then he got injured again. Yeah. Um, Ari, I know you're pretty close with him. So, what's the what's with him? Well, we're recording this on Sunday nineteenth. So he's back. He's back training tomorrow. Uh, full training. Uh, spoke to him today. He's back training full with the team. Uh, hopefully he will play next weekend uh, off of the bench potentially. So um, that's good news because, uh, you know, he's one of the players who missed the World Cup. Uh, then he got re-injured, which was a bit of a setback for him. But 
I hope that the the club, um, actually the club did admittedly say that they kind of rushed him into it a little bit and it, why he kind of re-aggravated the injury or the same area that he injured. So hopefully he comes back and uh, ready to go for the rest of the season. Yeah, and then Pejman, uh, Mehdi Taremi, who we don't really need to say much about him. He's just, he's still banging in the goals. He's 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 performing like, I don't want to over over sort of hype him up in case we jinx him into, because there's a Champions League game coming up this week. So yeah, how how good's he been? He's He's got 11 goals at the moment in the league, one away from the top. Um, I think like within Europe, he was, I think like top five in terms of goals and assists in, in 2022. So I honestly, I think we said this before, but massively underrated striker in Europe, not, not a reigning striker, striker in Europe. Um, can he finish top goal scorer? And last season for Porto, do you think? I mean, he could be top three in Portugal for sure. I mean, that, that should be a minimum. Um, Porto in the league, I, I, I don't see them winning it this year. Uh, it's it's too tight. Up. I mean, uh, is it uh, Benfica is on top, right? Yeah, it's Benfica. It's it's fairly close, I would say, but it's Benfica's on yeah. top. Yeah, yeah, uh, and the Champions League. I mean, he will have a tough time. And as I mentioned before, I mean, if he wasn't Iranian, if his name was Tarimino, he would by now be in a bigger club than than Porto good or bad I don't know uh, because it could be like another Darwin Nunez case you know he was amazing uh, last year in Portugal they bought young player strong fast everything yeah, and he came to Liverpool is really struggling like the rest of the team uh, so so you know maybe the step from Portugal to another big European clubs such as Liverpool. I mean, th that's what you should expect, right? I mean, we shouldn't expect uh, Taremi playing for a, a team and nothing back at it seems like Aston Villa or Everton or something like that. But uh, in a top club, in you know, like top three, four countries, European countries in the uh, uh, those leagues. So it would be like Napoli, probably not. Yeah, I, 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 the, people always make make this argument, but the, the counter argument I would give is like Luis Diaz went to the same club as Darwin Nunes. I know he's injured at the moment, but he was performing very well in his first few games. So, and he, and he come he came from Porto, right? Like half the goal from assists from Medi, and so I don't know. It it depends on the player. It's really tough. Just look at like Karim Sorifard, uh, being Mister Goal in uh, or shared at least in Greece going to was it nottingham when they were in the championship he didn't score a single yeah, goal. nottingham forest yeah yeah so it's it's quite tough taking that step you know uh osmoon are we going to talk about him now because that's another i'm going to ask a question before you guys move on what do you guys make of um son hyung min uh being the top asian player over tarami and the uh the rankings what do you guys make of that yeah, yeah, I agree. With, I agree with that. One. Yeah, one of the best players in the world, in my opinion. Maybe not this season, but in terms of like his whole career, I know he hasn't won anything for Spurs, but no one has won anything for Spurs for a long time. <laughs> um, but like he, I would say, yeah, he he is still the best Asian player. Yeah, I think definitely. When you look, I mean, there, there's ways to compare, right? You can compare it by one season and say, yeah, Tarami's been by far the better player, which is 
which if you're going to go off it off that, then Tarim should be number one. But then you look at it by, if you look at it more holistically, well, who is the better footballer? I, you've got to say it's Son, right? I think Son is the better footballer. I'm not saying that Tarim is not a good footballer. No, he's a great footballer, but Son is better footballer. So I think I think, I think that's the, the approach that, that AFC took, which is probably incorrect. I think that's why people are upset. But, you know. Yeah, I, I think that's a valid question to bring up because I have seen that a lot. And the thing I would say is like Son Heung-min won the golden boot within the Premier League. Like until Mehdi Tarimi does something like that, Think there's no competition yeah I, I know yeah i mean i that's why i'm saying now is the time for him to take that risk and go to somewhere like the premier league or yeah. i don't really see any other league he can go to really i i think he should really test himself and go to the premier league he was linked with arsenal in the january transfer window. i don't think that would have been a bad move personally yeah. seeing there, how there eddie is. and Ketty is performing but it didn't happen uh there's no other yeah. league that you can go to you can't seria it's not much of a challenge in my opinion I think he would do really well in Serie A. He might not do great at the beginning, but I think he would do well. La Liga, no, I don't think there's much interest in that. He has to go to the Premier League, in my opinion. That's the only option. Uh, yeah, okay. So the question is now, is this his last season for Porto? Has to be. Has to be. In my opinion, has to be. He has to go. Uh, he's done everything in Portugal. Nothing, nothing left for him. There you go. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, you brought up Osman Pejman. Should we talk about him very quickly? So he um, he was literally, he's playing actually right now as of recording. Uh, I think he hit a post last time I checked. So um, yeah, he, he's not getting much game time in Leverkusen, but recently he's coming on. So yeah, what's the situation there? I'll start with you, Pejman. Yeah, I, the game actually uh, finished now and I saw the the game actually our i as well as everybody else was surprised that he got uh, to play from start because Patrick Schick is back now in the squad and you know he's he's fit and ready uh, so to his performance in the game it was really good for being a guy that haven't played so much uh, recently he played the full 90 minutes i believe um, and he was involved in a lot of things the the penalty that by Leverkusen got and missed was uh, thanks due to uh, Sadar Azmoun. It was a bit harsh, to be honest. It could be. It was a 50-50 situation. Anyways, he got that penalty. He got, as you said, a shot on the crossbar. Um, he got, I think it was an assist later on. I don't quite remember how they counted that, but the he was... Rebounded, yeah, yeah. yeah, but... He was involved in uh, in the offensive, at uh, the attacking play of uh, Leverkusen. He did quite well, and this was good. Although, man, Leverkusen is, is such a, a strange team, kind of weak to be honest. Uh, what, what I saw from them, they had a lot of holes. The S word you want to use there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for Osmond, it was. Good game. It means that he shows himself that he, he can do things in the Bundesliga. And I'm sure if he won't start next game, he would get at least 20, 30 minutes and, and prove himself. Let's not forget that they have a uh, Europa League game on uh, Thursday, I believe, against Monaco. Aria, he was linked with Marseille in the January transfer window. Yeah. What like? What do you what do you make of that? Well, yeah, I mean, 
uh, Fabrizio Romano brought it up towards the end of the window. Um, it didn't go through. I don't think it was really going to go through either. I don't think he was... Um, I don't think Sardar Osman really wants to leave Leverkusen just now. I think he still believes he's got a chance to to prove himself in the Bundesliga, um, which I think has always been a league that he should do well in. It just hasn't been the the right opportunities for him, unfortunately. He's got a really bad injury to the start of the season. He almost missed the World Cup. I, I think I think hopefully this performance today uh, is a stepping stone for better things to come. Uh, but yeah, Leverkusen are a really bad team right now, aren't they? I mean, they're really low on the table. I don't think Xabi Alonso is the right person for the job. Um, I just think that they need to reinvent themselves for next season. Hopefully, Osman is part of those plans. I don't fancy Marseille as a move, but I'm I'm not a big fan of French football. But you know, if if he has to go, it's not a terrible move. Uh, you know, it's it's not a terrible move. The thing the thing is, I think this situation that's going on with Leverkusen right now might actually benefit in the in the yeah. long term because as you said they're not playing well patrick schick i know he scored today but he's not been performing too well up to his normal standard him as kind of an outsider hasn't played much osmond could really break into this team right now and re- re- like revitalize them and so i think the situation is actually pretty good for him and uh, that's probably what he was also looking at he was looking at the options he could have gone to marseille could have stayed in, in leverkusen saw the situation with leverkusen thought he could definitely break through into this team and uh, i think i think it- him in the long run it's obviously a risk but we'll, we'll see what happens um okay so the other one i want to talk about was uh was someone so didn't play much in the world cup um he had a real against the usa i still have nightmares around it because i was like right next to the goal when it happened um, um but but Pejman, what's what's he kind of like thinking in terms of his play at brentford obviously not getting much his playing time in the world cup was was fairly limited as i just said so yeah, what's what's he kind of thinking? I mean, he have to see it as a failure for him. Uh, the last couple of two or maybe even three games, he haven't even been on the bench, you know. But Brentford has is having a really good twenty twenty three so far. I mean, yeah, they, they're eleven games unbeaten right now. Yeah, yes, yeah. it's, it's pretty good. So, so I mean, he can't complain. Uh, although he maybe is really great uh, in the trainings or whatever, but Brentford is like they're chasing a, a Europa League or maybe Conference League uh, spot, whatever, a place for playing in, in, in Europe. Uh, he needs to leave Brentford, I believe. I mean, it's strange. I, I think it's the same coach that actually had like handpicked him, but haven't let him play so much in the Premier League. He played a lot of minutes in champions championship but to be honest there wasn't so many 90 minute games for him he's turning 30 this year which means that this is now where he should be at his prime and not even playing uh not even being on the bench uh, means that the coach don't rate him good enough uh, for that so I, i believe uh moving to like the championship would have been really good in the January window. So he's kind of like stuck in no man's land from now till the summer. And he has to do something in the summer. I mean, he's been in that club for too long uh, that he and his probably his managers know that this situation isn't good for him. Uh, He will probably lose his place in the, 
in a national team, maybe, or not, not getting, you know, any minutes, not enough at least, because we know as Said is at least potential. We've seen somewhat potential, but Ezatolay uh, is kind of struggling in the Danish second tire, and someone isn't playing against the best teams in the world in champ in, yeah. in Premier well, League. What do you guys make of a move to Eredivisie? Uh, you know, he's no, just, no, he's no, the no, same age no. as Jan Bash. He's probably not. I would say he's not had the best career compared to Jam. Jamash's career is probably a little bit better than him. If you look at it overall, maybe an option. You know, it's an option. You know, I think championship. I think, I think championship is probably better. I think staying in England yeah. is still good for. And him. they play much more games in the championship. Yeah, of course, and, and I think I think someone. It's probably the, the thing that's probably his downfall is that he's not played enough football. You know, he doesn't play. You know, like when was the last time I've seen him play a game for his for his club? Like actually play like ninety minute games, long time ago. I think he played against Tottenham, and that was it. Like that's the last time I remember seeing him play. I think he's um, I think a little bit unlucky with the World Cup. I think Kiroz never really trusted him. You know, Sina, me and you were at. But he praised him a lot. Yeah, you know, me, Sina, me, me and you were in Austria. In our heads, we were like, you know, how how does he not start someone? You know, the way he played against Uruguay, the play, the way he played for a little bit against Senegal, he played really well. Um, in yeah, my I'd head, I was player. like, how did he not start him? I and I deep down always knew that Kerosh never trusted someone, never trusted him. But Scottish did. Scottish did, yeah, he did, and I think I, I think he always preferred playing under Scottish deep down than he did under Kerosh. But you know, it is what it is. You know, he didn't have a good World Cup either. He didn't really do much for us when he played against the US. So um, he um, he asked to move in the summer, and I think Championship maybe go to Hull City, maybe join with Alayar could be a good option for him. Um, but we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. I think it's a it's a career, one of those careers again that we're just disappointed it didn't really. Uh, come to much. And by, by the way, his old club, uh, Östersund in Sweden. I mean, if if you want to see, like, how financial fair play doesn't work in Sweden, that that's a really good club. And if you want to see how everything is handled in that club, it's 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 sorry, it's a shit show. Um, they went from being like one of the best teams in Sweden to like uh, having a lot of shady business and money in the club. Unfortunately, yeah, a joke, a joke. Yeah, that's probably good enough. All right, cool. So we talked about the um, Legion we wanted to talk about, so that's good. The next thing I want to talk about, and I, we've touched on it briefly, is there's some rumored friendlies not confirmed yet. Uh, in March, is Iraq and Russia, according to Mehdi Taj. Um, and that probably depends on finding a coach. I don't know if it, if we don't find a coach, I have no idea. Like, nothing's confirmed, like, we can't tell you anything. But as soon as we do find out stuff, obviously. Follow us on Twitter. We'll we'll update you guys. But yeah, as you mentioned, Arya Taj isn't in a hurry to get a coach, which doesn't really make sense given that we need some friendlies to, in order to prepare for the for the Asian Games. But whatever, like it is what it is. Um, did you want to make any like comments on that before we move on? No, I mean, it's, just wait and see what happens, man. Like, what what can you say? Um, you know, it's good friendlies. I think Iraq and Russia, you know, for what it is, they're not bad friendlies. Uh, it's going to be controversial for sure, <laughs> but uh, you know, um, yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's subject to getting a coach. You know, hopefully, uh, it has it's not it's not going to get done anytime soon, but hopefully it does. <laughs> By the way, did you guys see that 
Iraq is getting VAR system. Yeah, Iran's not even got cameras. Well, I didn't know that. They're it's not even got HD cameras to 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 like for the Zenit game against Sepahan. You know, yeah. they were so unimpressed that they couldn't have HD cameras to host the game on te- on TV. Yeah, the Russians were really uh, really pissed, and they like. Uh, everything like all, all from the angles to how the cameras were, were set up and they said that they couldn't they could even hear some cows moving <laughs> during the game I, I don't know if that's true or not but that's the state of Iranian football and obviously that would probably impact the the talks if, if a friendly is going to happen between the national teams but well I mean we'll know like Russia can't play any other team right apart from Iran and maybe North Korea or whatever. So, so yeah, it's um, yeah. they but they don't have much option. <laughs> although it is the only actually good stadium in, in terms of facility. Although it's old and it's in some renovation here and then. And I think they they closed, as always, they closed some sections because they're not approved. But in terms of uh, everything else, although is quite good. Yeah. Only good stadium, kind of. I would fool up baby. So let's move on to. There's been a report, um, again, extremely dis- disgraceful from from youth football in, in Iran. In a statement last month, um, Iran Sports Ministry Hamid Sajidi ordered an investigation for reports of sexual abuse at a teenage boys football school in uh, Mashhad. Uh, the parents of 15 players from the club filed a complaint against the club and coaches for sexual assault on, on their children. These these are sort of things that you do hear around the world, unfortunately, and it's come to light in Iran um, at this time. And the journalists who reported this have since been banned from work for six months. Um, the coach in question, and however, I mean that that just seems like overkill. It seems extremely unfair. Yeah. So I don't. I think you cut out there, Sina. So yeah, the coach has has been banned for six months from his job. Right, suspended. But the journalists who broke the news have also been suspended for six yeah. months, which makes zero sense. It's so just... they, they haven't. They've basically taken no sides or both sides, however you want to yeah, sort of I interpret it. But don't yeah, understand that. it doesn't make sense. Like in this country, in the UK, uh, there has been numerous um, like cases about sexual assault in, in, in sport, especially in youth youth football uh, and those have been dealt with serious consequences for this doesn't really crop up too much in Iran I'm sure it happens a lot but doesn't really get um like in like it doesn't get out in the in the in the public the domain for these journalists to report it and then for them to get suspended for it well this is this is probably never going to get uh brought up now you know because they're going to be afraid of Bringing it up like it's just a mess, isn't it? Um, it's just the, but... the state of Iran at the moment, they're just very afraid of journalists, full stop, right? So, yeah. I think this but... is probably because of that more than anything. Yeah. But then the prosecutor has gone out and said, um, says, according to investigations, no document proof of physical assault by the coach at this football school has been presented to the judicial system and nothing has been proven. But he didn't explain why the coach was suspended for six months. So he's saying that nothing happened, but he still suspended the coach. So it's um, it's a bit crazy, isn't it? I don't know. 
Yeah, it does. It doesn't really. You know what? I feel sorry for. I feel sorry for the parents who feel like their voices can't be projected. Uh, Obviously, kids who have had to go to a school, uh, be subject to sexual assault, and be told that nothing happened. Uh, And then, not only that, the coach does get suspended, but then the the uh, they say that nothing happened, which is a bit ridiculous. But you know, it is what it is. I wish we could have ended the podcast on a better note. Um, The state, that's 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 yeah. I win you guys all the information. That's the state of Iranian football since since the World Cup. Um, it's it's not hugely positive. The, the you can take from it is individual performances within Europe because there has been definitely symptoms. Um, and of course, like Mehdi Tarami is playing in in the Champions League on Wednesday. There's some Europa League games, as you said, Pejman. So yeah, there's some individual performances that we could definitely highlight. But yeah, as it's it's yeah, on a whole, probably probably negative, which is which is not great. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, Pejman, Arya, for joining me on the podcast. It was long, long overdue. Um, anything you guys want to say before wrapping up? No, let's keep this going now. Iran will have a couple of friendlies soon, so we'll be back for a preview game and post-game parts. Well, here's the thing. Um, we're all supporters of the national team. We, we're not against the national team, um, you know, it's not that we're we're speaking out against them. We just want the best for this national team, and um, hopefully, uh, things get better. That's the only thing. You know, things need to get better because we have uh, a year to go potentially to the Asian Cup, uh, and we want to try and win that Asian Cup. You know, it's been too long, so we want things to get better so that we can become champions. That's it. Simple as that. So. Let's see what happens. And uh, I'm looking forward to next month. And I think we will have some more friendlies in June as well. So, you know, we just need to be prepared for it. That's all. Yeah, I mean, as you said, we want the best for this national team. This is the best national team I've seen in terms of individual players in my lifetime. So, yeah, we wish... Yeah, Pejman? Yeah, uh, a final thing. <laughs> Maybe it's too late to talk about this now. But I, I had an idea. Like, what if we if we don't go with Kalinoi... <laughs> How, oh, it's whoever, still the manager chat. <laughs> I mean, who will go? Let's say it's just a mice. I don't know. I would love to have Masoud Shojoi as this kind of link between the coach and the players. Uh, Sweden had that with Marcus Albeck before, like a player's manager, called whatever you want. Um, not really an assistant coach. Yeah, they Maybe had Ryan Giggs be- in Wales, but obviously, yeah, we don't. <laughs> well, with, yeah. I think you're right, Pedro. I think I think as we were saying earlier with Shojoy being captain, I think what this country's national team needs is leadership that 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 links to the footballers in the best way. Because at the moment in time, there's a big a big gap between the federation and the footballers, and what's whatever's in between that, whether it's the coaches or it's the coaching staff. It, it's, that link doesn't link between federation and players it's like a big it's a big massive gap it's a big ocean that doesn't come together so something has to kind of link that properly yeah. so that, that's a good idea yeah hopefully that's something that is, is, yeah. is happening I like that idea and that's why Javod Nekwanam still made sense to me because he he understands the players from their point of view I think having someone like Masu Chojai as well like he's, he's that figure so having that link between them I think is actually a good idea but 
I don't, I don't think they'll go for it personally. It's, it, these are all wonderful ideas in terms of implementation. I don't think, I don't think it'll happen. Edgemon for IFF president. That's all. I'm yeah, saying. that's that's another great idea. Just won't happen though. <laughs> I would vote for you, but it just wouldn't happen, unfortunately, bro. Whose pockets should I? Oh sure. no, we have to wrap this up now. Yeah, <laughs> okay, guys. Before you get us cancelled. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you so much, Pedro, for coming on the podcast. Um, for everyone listening, thank you so this far on the podcast uh we will update you guys on any friendlies that come up any manager rumors and appointments so do follow us on twitter instagram uh subscribe to us on twitter uh, subscribe to us on like youtube sorry not twitter and uh yeah thank you so much we'll catch you in the next episode I'm playing for the Iranian national team and Brentford Football Club and you are listening to Golbezan podcast.